0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Northeast Law Review podcast. Um, today I am here with Professor Brian Clark and Winsome Chan. Um, Brian is a deputy head of the law school here at Newcastle University. Um, His area of specialty is mediation and alternative dispute resolution. And that's what we'll be here talking to him about today. And um, Winsome is actually an exchange student here from Hong Kong who is part of the mediation society. So I'm really excited to be speaking with them today. Hi, both of you. Hi there. Hi. Okay so I just thought we would start with um, Brian ask about sort of if you could tell us a little bit about your area of research.
1: Yeah sure so um, so I've been at Newcastle for um, about three years um, now so I'm, I guess I'm a relatively new uh, member of staff but I've been, I've been involved in the um, mediation um, field for probably around 25 years um, actually in, in different ways and I started off when I um, graduated from university Um, Back in the mid 1990s, if you can believe that. And um, I got a chance to work on a research contract for the, what was then the Scottish Government's research um, unit, um, looking at alternative dispute resolution um, in Scotland, which was really just beginning at that time. So things like mediation, um, arbitration, newer ways of resolving civil disputes um, generally. And I got involved in that project for a few months. And then I got a chance to stick around, and I got a bit of teaching, some seminar work um, in different areas of law, but I got a chance to kind of develop teaching and research in mediation at that point, and really there was almost none of that going on at that time in Scotland and in the UK um, as a whole, and that's an area that I've stayed in really ever since, and mediation now, um, particularly in England, is becoming really, really important as an area of dispute resolution. Um, in lots of different dispute areas that that lawyers will be involved in in advising their clients about. So it could be family disputes, so divorce cases, commercial disputes um, within the employment sphere, within the workplace, and also neighborhood disputes. um, And mediation has really sort of taken off um, as a a way of resolving matters or disputes in those areas um, in the last couple of decades. Um, but in England here, we're really on the on the cusp of, I think, really more development, particularly through the courts, where judges are referring parties to mediation to a greater extent, and lawyers are going to be exposed to more and more of this, um, I think, as the as the years go by.
0: Yes, definitely. It's a really interesting area. So I think um, it's very important that we have it here at the law school, obviously, because um I know that obviously not all law schools will have a kind of mediation specialist. And I think it is a really important part of um, of the legal sphere. So um, when you um, studied, obviously, at university, did you always know you wanted to go into academia or did you um, want to actually go into legal practice at first?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I didn't really know what I was going to do when I was at university. I wasn't actually sure, but I quite liked the academic side of things. I quite liked reading and researching and uh, when I started getting a chance to do some seminar work I quite enjoyed the teaching as well interacting with people and also the kind of flexibility that university life can give you in terms of the hours that you keep in terms of the work that you want to do Um, so I think I was probably drawn to that from quite an early stage and I did go on to do a PhD at Glasgow um, as well and on a part-time basis when I was lecturing Um, up in a a university called Heriot-Watt in in Edinburgh. Um, So I guess I kind of fell into it in a way. But once I was in that area of academia, I quickly began to realise that that was probably where I was going to stay. Mm. And um, yeah, as as I say, I've had a career now over 20 years. And um, uh, yeah, I think it just really appealed to me, the different... It's quite a varied life, um, the teaching, research, other activity you can get involved in. And I think also what's really great is when you work with students... And you see them make great progression and move on in life and, and develop and graduate with really good degrees and then get good jobs. It's really rewarding as well to, to go on that journey with them. So, yeah, I guess from quite an early stage, I, I realised that academic life suited me quite well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think we have a lot of academics on and they always say they kind of fell into it. But obviously they're really happy that they have. Um, I was going to ask you, this is something that I am not really know too much about. But um, so obviously you... you um, studied in Scotland and by the over accent you are Scottish so what was the decision to come to England I know is Scottish law very different or
1: yeah I mean it's a a question I've been asked quite a few times I mean a lot of the teaching I've done has been in the area of commercial law so company law in particular um, areas such as agency and partnership those aspects of, of commercial law and the reality is is that the law is very very similar across borders where there's a lot of codification, you know, areas like company law, for example, with the Companies Act, it applies to the UK as a whole, pretty much entirely with some small tweaks in different areas. Um, so from that point of view, it not really been problematic for me to move across. And equally, in, in the area of mediation and dispute resolution, I mean, the civil court systems are different, are quite distinct, of course, in Scotland and England, the legal profession, the judiciary, again, is completely distinct. But there's a great deal of commonality about the way commercial disputes are resolved and mediation as it operates across the borders in Scotland and England. Again, it's very, very similar in that sense. So um, I still keep a foot in the Scottish area. I still look at Scottish developments in these areas, Um, but it wasn't really difficult for me to move across um, into England. And the reasons for moving, I mean, I'd been at Strathclyde University um, for about 15 years. And i'd been head of school there um, from 2013 to 16 and i had a year off a sabbatical i came back to the department but it really felt like it was just time to move on i'd, I'd done a lot there I'd, I'd achieved a lot at strathclyde I'd, I'd really enjoyed it there but but when i came back after being head i kind of felt that it was probably time for me to move on so, so i started thinking about that and again newcastle was just well, it it was one of the jobs that came up. It's a really good school. It's in the Russell Group. Um, I came came down for an interview, got a really nice feel for the place. I met some really nice colleagues and some great students and um, they made me an offer and I was quite happy to accept that. And I don't live in Newcastle. I still live in Scotland, but it's about a three-hour journey door to door. And I usually do it once a week and I stay a couple of nights in Newcastle. So it's all quite doable from a sort of family logistical point of view. Um, So yeah, it's worked out fine. And as I say, I can't believe I've been here three years already, it's incredible. But in that time, it's been brilliant to develop teaching and mediation that we didn't have before. Um, And we're just establishing a new master's programme now as well, which will be, I'm sure, great to be involved in. And also just to work with students. And I've worked with probably around, I don't know, 60 to 70 students probably now that I've trained in mediation and mediation advocacy, which is really important. The ability to represent your client within the process of mediation. And that's been really great to be involved in. And the school's been brilliant in backing me in all these different developments. So yeah, it's been a great move for me. I've really enjoyed coming here and I'm glad that I'm glad that um, Newcastle was, was, was on the agenda at the time. It, it's been a good fit for me.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say, it's really interesting. Obviously I did want to move on to speak more about the um, kind of mediation society, which is um, obviously student um, founded, but with your yeah. um, kind of guidance. So um, obviously Winsome here is a member and she has competed in I'm sure lots of different competitions, and they had a team that placed second in um, all of the UK university um, competition, which is obviously a really great result. So, um, Winsome, how did you find competing in that? Honestly, it's a
2: whole new experience for me. So, before coming to Newcastle back in Hong Kong, we didn't have this kind of student competitions in the field of mediation. So coming back, coming to Newcastle, that was, that was quite new for me. And I only started mediation this year. So under the guidance of Brian and also like other committee members, I started joining in different competitions and I really enjoyed it because I really do see that mediation provides me with different skill sets, like listening to different people, um, like helping facilitate discussions between parties. And sometimes like for mediation, you do have to probe into like um, um, parties discussion and find out the underlying interests because things do not seem as as superficial as it seems. There's often like a hidden agenda behind, and this has provided me with a, a wide range of skill sets that I've brought to my daily life, as well as like um, as I'm a penultimate years law student right now. So I'm I'm doing um, job seeking and so on. So sometimes when I mentioned to my interviewers about my experience with mediation they're very interested in knowing more so I think that this whole experience has brought me with numerous skill sets and I do think that UK mediation is very special in the sense that it tells me like it helps me understand how mediation is so related to our daily lives so uh, what uh, we had a few questions and the questions that I competed in was Um, like on agreements between wedding planners and couples, and for example, also on like workplace communications and workplace compensation agreements. So these were all very like down to earth daily examples that we could see. So I think like mediation really provides me with a new door of opportunities.
0: Yes, definitely. It's very um, practical to like everyday life, isn't it? Which is obviously, it's always nice to do when you're studying because sometimes it can feel very theoretical. So thank you for that. That's really interesting perspective to bring. Um, I was just going to go back and ask Brian if you wanted to kind of explain just for our listeners at home a little bit about um, what the kind of process of an actual competition is like. So obviously, I know Winsome mentioned a couple of um, scenarios that you have, but is that are they always um, contract? Uh, contract
1: scenarios or it it does vary quite significantly uh, actually and and, and I guess the guys at Newcastle have done quite a few different competitions now so there's the UK one which was in person this year in Canterbury that Winsome and the team went to Um, and yeah the team were second and Winsome was actually also second place individually out of 51 mediators which was just absolutely brilliant performance and all our guys were in the top 10 which was which which was amazing actually Um, and quite often you get contractual disputes that you have to look at, and essentially what happens is the parties and the mediator are given a scenario that tells you the basic facts of the case, and it's usually some kind of contractual dispute. Um, as Winston said, one was about a wedding planner, a wedding, pl- a wedding that's gone wrong. Things have not, you know, worked out properly. And there's some kind of dispute over the contract between the parties, or it could be sometimes in the employment situation. But we've equally done competitions now. Some of them, the international ones, have all been in line for the last couple of years, and that's meant that we could actually enter them for the first time because you don't have to travel and the expense of travelling abroad and all the rest of it. Um, And some of those do quite interesting things. So there might be disputes between nations, for example, um, about um, disputed cultural heritage, for example, in one case. There may be disputes over housing and planning issues. There may be dispute, a lot were based on COVID. So it was a lot about the impact that COVID had on business disruption, for example, ensuing disputes between landlords and their tenants because of COVID's businesses in trouble because of COVID, um, big sort of multinational corporate projects which where things were going wrong. Um, so you get that scenario, and everyone gets that. And then each party gets their own private set of instructions that tells them their own agenda, how confident they are on their own legal advice, for example, their legal position. Um, important things for them, it might be about cash flow, they may be running out of money, there may be a need to avoid adverse publicity, for example, which may be very important, or they may be desperate to keep the board on side or to preserve their reputation, lots of other hidden agenda items. And it's then for the mediator to try to uncover those and help steer the parties towards some kind of common ground. And I think it's a really interesting exercise for our students, whether they go into mediation or not, afterwards, I think mediation training and competition teaches them that it's not just about analyzing the legal issues and trying to present a winnable legal case because actually there might be a number of other very very important interests which the clients have which will drive or may have to drive how the dispute resolves so the need for confidentiality the need to keep this other party as a business partner in the future Um, their need for money right now, they're desperate, they're going under, they don't get some kind of payment right now, and they simply cannot afford to wait for a litigated outcome, even if they were to win, so there's lots of different factors which students learn about which really drive the way that um, particularly commercial disputes will, will have to be resolved
0: yeah definitely it's, again it just sounds really um applicable to kind of an actual legal career which is something that's always so interesting um winsome i was just going to ask you have you competed in in-person and online competitions I've
2: competed in like both in-person and online so the uk schools mediation boots um, took place in Canterbury, so it was in person and we had another competition um which was a uh or just the ilnu mediation boots hosted by Indian University so that one was held online.
0: Okay great so um, going off that do you prefer in person or online or are they just too different to even compare? I definitely like prefer doing things
2: in person yeah. especially as a mediator I think like what I have to do is like observe emotions so like having it online it, it makes it difficult for me to sometimes really observe what the other party is thinking or like also like to communicate with my co-mediator sometimes because if it's an online mood and my co-mediator isn't in the same room or isn't in the same venue it's quite difficult for me to communicate with them through chats so like having my experience in the UK mediation was that I could be in the same room with my co-mediator and sometimes by just exchanging glances or just by like some um like uh, eye contacts we know what we would we'll do and what we are bringing back to on the table
0: Yes definitely I can imagine um, it's a lot easier to read body language and things like that isn't it when you're in 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 an actual room with someone so um but it's definitely interesting though that you could kind of um, experience both online and in person because I'd imagine that in the actual working world it probably is going to be um, a hybrid kind of situation um well, did you feel nervous before the competitions or are you are you very calm before you go in um, it was quite nervous for me because like for the
2: UK student mediation moods, um, actually initially I wasn't de- acting as a mediator. We had another teammate who was going to um, go for the media- mediator role but uh, unfortunately she couldn't make it at the last minute so what um, I had to step in and become the mediator for this um, competition. Um, I-, I wasn't very well prepared for that because I was training for the role of negotiator before. So um, going to the competition, I think I was a bit um nervous, but then I think like my co-mediators as well as our teammates, they were very supportive for the process. They guided me what parts I'd have to take on and when I should um jump in and uh, lead to the mediation. So I think that this whole experience, this, this whole experience in the UK mediation boots has really boosted my confidence in becoming a mediator. And um like... Yeah, I think that this has been a very great experience overall.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. It sounds I mean, it sounds great to me. Um if I could um then go back to Brian um and just ask you. Um I was just gonna ask you a kind of your um opinion on mediation in general and if you think it should be taught as a kind of compulsory module at undergraduate. Do you think it should be incorporated more into the degree or what's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's quite interesting and I think. Um, mediation hasn't been a compulsory subject in the qualifying law degree um, previously Um, and it's been invariably taught I mean it is taught in most universities in a very small way usually in a first year so for example here at Newcastle we've always taught a bit of mediation in the first year um, legal institutions and methods class but only maybe one or two hours at most Mm. really Um, and it was the same in Scotland really that, that traditionally there was very little teaching at all going on Um, and and it's interesting when you look at different jurisdictions now so one of the big developing jurisdictions in mediation is India where there's a great deal of activity now and they recently changed their professional legal requirements so that all law students now require to be trained up to a a reasonable degree in mediation and alternative dispute resolution it's quite a recent change and I guess I, I think it should be taught more widely and I think as uh, going back before, I, I think that it doesn't actually matter if students don't actually encounter mediation. I mean, very few will go into to be mediators in practice because there's a limited demand for mediators in reality. And it's quite hard to make it, you know, to have a living as a mediator unless you're someone that's quite mature, has a, an experience in a different area, such as law, for example, that you're drawing on. Um, but I think that, you know, law students, when they go into practice, are going to encounter mediation representing their clients in disputes. It's going to become much more common, I think, in England and and internationally as well. So they need to know about it. And so I think there is a need for more widespread training, education and mediation for all law students. Um, But equally, I think that even if you don't encounter mediation, I think that the kind of training we do in mediation, which is about thinking about how to negotiate effectively, thinking about how to work with your clients, how to take instructions from clients, how to help clients navigate their own way through disputes, which can be incredibly harrowing and emotional. Um, clients can be very irrational sometimes, You know, trying to ascertain what your client's interests, best interests actually are, and try to you know, fight for those interests. Mediation teaches you all that. It teaches you to be a better communicator as well. You understand the role of emotion in disputes, how to handle that, which is very difficult sometimes. And also, you know, parties' biases in dispute resolution, as well as your own, your own biases, your own strengths, your own weaknesses. You'll learn a lot about yourself, I think, as well as a professional and as a person. And I think these are all incredibly useful tools for all law students um, in helping them in their professional and personal life. So, yeah, I'm a great advocate for that. And I think, that, to be fair, in England, there are now many more schools doing mediation teaching and training and entering competitions for example but it's still the minority and I think particularly Russell Group universities are not that great they're not that well represented yet in for example mediation competitions I mean there were some obviously we were there um there are quite a few Scottish Russell Group schools that are now involved um and but but not that many from England so I think that will change and we'll see more of this um as the area grows um but yeah but in short the answer is yes there should be more Um, mediation education in english universities yeah definitely
0: um it's interesting that you say there wasn't as many russell groups because i would always just assume that would be kind of the opposite of that really i just assume the russell groups would be there but i guess there's such a focus on kind of the actual academic that you have to have done yeah um i was this might be again a big question for both winsome and brian um I've done client negotiation competition myself and I know that they said to us that it wasn't very um, law, like you did, you weren't supposed to analyse the actual law, you're supposed to kind of go off the facts you're given. Is that different for mediation or, um, you know, is it is it more legal? Because um, just for prospective students that might want to get involved.
1: Yeah, well, well, I'll give a quick answer then I'll pass on to Winston for her, her experiences. Yeah, I think that, you know, if you're acting as a, you're quite often asked to be a, a lawyer on behalf of a client in a mediation And you're negotiating for them, let's say. And I guess that there's not, it's not like meeting, you don't really need to explore in any great depth the legal aspects that much. You'll be given instructions about your legal position, and you'll also be given some instructions confidentially, usually, about how solid your legal position is. Um, And generally speaking, the, the the scenarios are designed in such a way as to make the law, as it often almost always is, rather unclear. And, you know, dependent on the facts proven in the case, for example. So um, there's a little bit of legal discussion that goes on in the mediation. Um, But law is just one of a a number of factors which actually are relevant to how the dispute might be resolved. But so it's quite like client negotiation. You're not really asked to um, go into any great legal depth, although you might make a statement in the mediation about the strength of the case. And you might be quite bullish about that in the opening, at least about, you know, and both sides are typically very confident or present to be confident. In the legal case, but clearly they can't really both be right. Mm. Um, and I'll let me I'll let Winston just carry on what I've said there. You got anything to add?
2: Yeah, I definitely do agree that like mediation is somehow similar to negotiation in this sense, because it's going less into the legal aspects. Cause um, before in Hong Kong, I've joined in um competitions, and like that's more on the legal aspect. But going to mediation, what I found is that. We're going past the legal aspect already we're going into like other interests for example emotional like reputational or even like national interest so it's it's past we're going to pass the legal aspect of um a problem and what what uh, mediators often emphasize is about the neutrality of their roles so what they do have to do is that they would refrain from giving legal advice so what they do is being a third party, listen, facilitate facilitate discussion and to find out common grounds and underlying interests. And I think that that is most important for mediators.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's um, a really interesting point that you kind of emphasize that we've not really um, fully touched on yet is that mediation. Mediators obviously do have to be completely um, impartial, don't they? And they're not giving legal advice. So that's yeah, really interesting. I was going to ask you, do you? um, I'm not sure if it's different in Hong Kong, but do you want to go into a solicitor role or a barrister role, or is it again maybe explain to me how it would work in that in that situation?
2: Um, For me, I'm more interested in going into a solicitor role. Yeah. Um, Yeah, particularly in commercial law, and I I definitely do agree that like this mediation or the negotiation skills that I've gained throughout. my experiences in in the mediation society has provided me with a competitive edge in a sense that it has provided me with skills or qualities that help me to facilitate client negotiations or client communications, which help clients to really solve problems. Because I do know that in, for example, um, like assessment centers um, in the UK, they do really have ne- negotiation, um like, a test or like they, they do provide some negotiation workshops and I think that that's a very important skill that negotiators or mediators have gained throughout these uh, these experiences in mediation
0: definitely um yeah because I was going to ask sort of if there are more solicit uh, students that would like to become solicitors or barristers on the mediation society is that um something you could answer I mean you might not know but um do either of you guys know
1: Um, I don't, that's a good question. I'm not sure, actually. I guess, I mean, I I think, you know, obviously the Bar Society are very heavily heavily linked with mooting, for example, and Mm. advocacy, as you would imagine. Um, I I don't don't actually know. I I think, I guess, well, there are obviously more students in the school that will go on to become solicitors and barristers anyway, by some margin, I'm sure, and there's probably more that want to be solicitors. So it's probably reflect, I mean, I know there are some students who are keen to have a career at the bar, absolutely. And the the reality is that if you're in large commercial disputes, for example, so multinational commercial disputes, for example, the parties will be bringing barristers with them. Um, So barristers are quite commonly representing parties in um, commercial mediations. And what I hear sometimes from mediators is that the barristers are often not very good at that, in the sense that they remain rooted in very much this adversarial, representing the client to the best of their interests and you know are not very keen to compromise or allow the client to speak that kind of thing now it's not always like that but but that can be the case but I think that yeah for barristers and solicitors there's going to be a need to be better versed in mediation um, so I think it's mixed I think as far as I can tell um, yeah there are some students who want to be barristers um, but, but obviously more of them are, are interested in having careers as, as solicitors I think
0: yeah I guess because it's one of those um a lot of the extracurricular things we have at the law school like that are very like you do this one if you want to be a solicitor and this one if you want to be a barrister so it's interesting that there's kind of a mix um just finally I thought I would ask you you mentioned that you there's a master's um in mediation coming if you could give us a bit more information about that
1: yeah so um just beginning in um, September this year uh, the school is launching a new um, master's program that's going to be delivered completely online actually we were talking a bit before with we Winsome about online mediation um, and actually the practice of mediation in many spheres has moved online because of COVID of course accelerated all those trends that were happening anyway and I think a lot of it will remain online actually although I do agree with Winsome that there's nothing quite like being in the room physically with people to just gauge feelings and get a feel for what's going on, absolutely. Um, But this program is going to be delivered um, fully online. It's in mediation and international commercial dispute resolution. Um, So it will have a focus on mediation and mediation advocacy, so mediation skills for lawyers coming into the process. But it will also look at, so mediation theory, um, legal, international and national and um, laws it applies to mediation in different ways, and also look at things like online dispute resolution, um, as well as a, as a separate um, topic. Um, so yeah that's launching from September we're actually delivering it in partnership with a body called Mediator Academy that I've worked with previously, and they're very highly regarded in the mediation training community they do a lot of online materials, so very quite um, in depth immersive um, interactive video-based materials that students will engage with on a non-synchronous basis so they work in their own time and then added to that will be live online sessions with people like me and others doing skill stuff and you know seminar work theoretical work that kind of thing as well so yeah that's quite exciting that will start in September um, and um, yeah so a lot of work to be done before then but yeah I'm quite excited about getting it up and running.
0: Yeah, I mean, that sounds really interesting. Um, so is that something that um, students who would actually want to become mediators will do? Or is it kind of just something that would be applicable to all um, law prospective lawyers and law students?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, as I said before, I think that, you know, for, for young lawyers to become mediators in, in, a, in a, you know, a substantial fee paying way is actually incredibly difficult. It, I think it's easier to be a young lawyer and advise clients than it is to be a young mediator. There's something about a perception of mediators having that gravitas and experience that they're drawing on, particularly in commercial fields, for example, where there's quite a lot of money to be made. But most of the successful mediators tend to be people like retired judges and QCs and senior lawyers and other professionals who've got a body of experience in a different field. Now, that's rightly or wrongly, but that's just the way... That I think it is. But I think primarily I would see this as being a, a, a course for you know all students, you know, particularly law students, but also people in the sphere of business, for example, who want to understand better commercial dispute resolution and the mm. different ways in which they might be resolved. And if you're a lawyer, how best to represent your client within the process to understand mediation and other forms like arbitration and, and, and negotiation more broadly. Um, and to develop your own skills and knowledge um, around those processes so and, as I say, these are really growing areas which I think will appeal to to lawyers of all kinds and lots of different jurisdictions actually.
0: Great, thank you that's really interesting. Um, Just to finish, uh, Winsome, do you have one top tip you would give as a very successful mediation student yourself for a competition? Well, I wouldn't regard myself as a top (laughs) leader. I only
2: started it. But like um, one top tip that like I've learned throughout the competitions and training is always to listen. So it's often very easy um, for people, especially law students, if they are very into like um, advocacy and stuff, it's very easy for them to really go into, straight into the arguments and present their own strongest point without looking at the big picture or listening to what the other party has to say. So as mediator has taught me to slow down, listen, and really to find out points that parties can agree on. So this is the biggest thing that I've learned from mediation, which is to listen to the other party, learn about their um, situation and understand
0: what they are in. So I think that it's one of the biggest tips that I have thank you really very much that's a great tip so thank you both for coming today um it's been really um interesting to speak to you both so thank you
1: thanks Carol thank you so much um, that was really fun thank you so um, much thanks a lot winsome and I'll, I'll no doubt see you in the next couple of weeks or so yeah,
2: thank you so much
1: bye guys bye thank you